Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, what is up, everyone? Not the voice of the wonderful Mike Heck, although it is still a heck of a morning. This is your guest host, Alexander K. Lee, just filling in for uh, for Mike. Just having just having himself a little uh, a little morning off. Everything's good. Everything's good with Mike. It's just uh, we're uh, we got the summer schedule going on. People people are partying early in the morning or partying late at night. Maybe that's where he is. I don't know. You know, he is a DJ, but uh, it'll be a Lee of a morning for today. Though it will still be a free for all Friday. So please send in guys any of your questions. Let's get the show started. Uh, we actually have plenty of news to discuss. You know, this is a free-for-all Friday, so really you can talk about whatever you want. We welcome non-MMA topics. Uh, but it, listen, the past couple of days we've seen some we've seen some some ish go down, as it were. Of course, there's the Conor McGregor, the latest sexual assault allegations uh, based around an incident that allegedly occurred at the uh, Game 4 of the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat-Denver Nuggets uh, NBA Finals. This was at Kaseya Center in Miami. Some pretty strong uh, accusations being levied against the UFC superstar. There's a lot to unpack here. Again, I don't. I, I if you guys can read the story, MMAfighting.com. Of course, the story was broken by TMZ. There's video this morning, and we're sort of working on a story about that video as we speak. So you guys can all see that on MMAfighting.com. But also, you can see it. Listen, obviously, check our coverage on it. But the video is out there. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube, TMZ Sports, if you, you can watch it as you want. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. I'll adjust the video really quickly for anyone who hasn't seen it. Feel free, of course, to ask more questions about it later. It's, it's a little hard to tell what's going on. Uh, TMZ, I think, did a decent job of sort of framing it, showing sort of the alleged victim and Conor McGregor. He does appear to be leading her into a washroom, but we really don't know the nature of the interaction. Um, if you saw the story, there's also accusations against the Miami Heat uh, and Kaseya Center security possibly being involved in the incident, as well as McGregor's own personal security being involved. And you do see some men sort of shuffle into the scene. Again, unclear what's going on. I don't want to, uh, say, make heads or tails of this video and say, well, this clearly shows this or this clearly shows that, or it doesn't clearly show this, and it, and it doesn't clearly show that. Again, you guys can find the video. It's like 60 seconds long. You can judge for yourselves. It, it is hard to tell, but obviously I think I assume, I assume, I can't be sure that that was put out there by uh, the accuser's attorney and the legal team. Um, I assume we'll find we'll find more footage as well. I mean, this was in the middle of a. It looks like it was the VIP area of the Kaseya Center, 
a lot of people around. Even in the video, you can see there's like a like a, a hundred, I don't know, a hundred people just milling about in this in this very uh, small area. So very hard to tell what's going on. But yes, uh, Conor McGregor being accused of, of, of sexual assault as well as uh, again accusations against Kaseya Center security, I guess uh, possibly Miami Heat security and uh, McGregor's own security. So that was a hell of a story that broke again. That is developing. Uh, Miami Heat and UFC have issued statements, both pretty similar standard statements that you would issue in a situation like this. Uh, they're aware of the allegations and uh, withholding comments pending further investigation. That's, as a corporation, probably how you're going to handle most of these situations. Uh, Miami police uh, did tell MMA Fighting, and by the way, huge shout out to Stephen Morocco, uh, who spearheaded a lot of the reporting that you see on MMAfighting.com regarding the story, uh, and also... We had Sheehan Al-Shadi and uh, Damon Martin uh, chiming in. I was involved very lightly, just, just sort of helping with the editorial side of things. But as far as reporting the legal side of things, uh, Damon, Stephen, Shaheen, outstanding work. So uh, a lot of thanks to them for uh, for covering, again, a really a really difficult story to cover. That's, that's no other way to put it. Um, but yes, the police are investigating. They didn't really specify McGregor's name. They're kind of su- suggesting they're McGregor's or excuse me, investigating this incident that occurred at the uh, at the Kaseya Center. So make of that what you will. Uh, it is an open investigation. Obviously, the police are not going to comment much further than that. Okay. Uh, we also had a bunch of fight announcements. So uh, I won't go in depth. Again, I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. We've got uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov, uh, UFC Nashville. Cyril Gan, Sergey Spivak, UFC Paris, September 2nd. I should have said Nashville uh, is August 5th. And Korean Zombie and Max Holloway looks like will headline UFC Singapore on August 26th. So that was huge. Also, probably not a coincidence that the UFC uh, dropped this news. Dana White himself, I believe this is all done in the video, right, on, on Twitter, uh, dropping this news on the same day that this Conor McGregor, these, these allegations broke out. Um, I, I think they're related. That's my opinion. I don't think it's uncommon or absurd to suggest that this news dump is meant to, you know, sort of distract from what's going on with, again, one of the UFC's biggest stars. I know UFC, I know McGregor hasn't fought in a while, but he is still, you know, with the UFC. Uh, he's currently on The Ultimate Fighter 31, which I'm sure many of you, which I'm sure you all know, because you're all also tuning into our Tough, Tough 31 reaction show every week, uh, Tough Hang, with myself and GC Connor Burks and EKC Leiden. So... I don't know what's going to go on with the show. I assume it's just business as usual. I don't. I, I can't imagine that they're going to postpone the show, like temporarily take it off the air before, uh, before, you know, the season is finished. There are three episodes in. It's a, it's a ten episode season, so we'll see. Again, that we have the 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 show airs on Tuesday, <clears throat> so we have four days until the next episode, and I'm sure more details uh, will come out. I uh, McGregor's legal team has commented on as well. Of course, they're saying completely false. They're saying this is a, a shakedown. It's just someone trying to get money. Um, it's worth noting that in initially, uh, the way this came out was via a demand letter from the accuser's uh, attorney. So I'm sorry to circle back to this McGregor stuff, but obviously it's pretty much the biggest news of the last 48 hours. Um, as much as the UFC may have tried to, to bury it with fight announcements. Uh, a demand letter, not, uh, but that they are seeking legal recourse now. But it was initially a demand letter sent to McGregor's team, um, you know, I guess suggesting let's settle this now before, you know, we have to go to the court. So, again, uh, people can have their opinions on what this means, 
as far as the veracity of the allegations, but that's I'm just stating the facts. That's what's out there. But yes, I hope they. I don't know. I don't know what's going to have Old Fighter Thirty One, and I have to have a talk with GC and Casey about how we're going to handle McGregor coverage because we talk about McGregor a lot on the show. We obviously try to separate McGregor, the character that's on television, from the personality. Because I mean, personally, obviously, I'm not a fan of the man. He's had previous sexual assault allegations. Generally, he's a pretty. I mean, publicly, he's a pretty brash guy. He's had other run-ins with the law beyond just sexual assault allegations, breaking a fan's phone and all these things. And he just is, he gets in trouble with the law a lot. He punched an old man at a bar. I mean, we know that. That was video of that. He's, he's apologized for it. He's done a lot of rough, heinous stuff. Um, and as we did, we've been doing the show, you know, we've been kind of saying like, okay, well, this, listen, this is, we're just going to talk about McGregor. Let's avoid all the personal stuff for now, all the outside of the, cage outside of the show stuff but when something like this pops up how can you not mention it and how can we talk about mcgregor with the same kind of enthusiasm and levity that we have been on previous shows because i recently i, I myself recently said oh wow the show's doing a lot for mcgregor's rehab uh, uh public image rehab because it's a lot of showing him like oh he's here's him interacting with a kid who who made action figures of mcgregor and, and mcgregor paying him like $1,200 for the action figure. What a cool guy Conor McGregor is. And look what a great coach he is. Look at him chumming along with these, these uh, aspiring UFC hopefuls. So I think the purpose of the show was meant to sort of, again, get people to sort of like Conor McGregor again before he fights Michael Chandler. But when something like this comes out, I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the Ultimate Fighter staff, I'm probably re-editing some of these episodes. You're probably going to... I wouldn't be surprised if you see less Conor on some of these upcoming episodes if they just continue with the show as is. So it's a very strange situation. As for the Michael Chandler fight, listen, it never had a date. People having a lot of doubts that it was going to happen this year, especially with McGregor uh, media. Listen, guys, Aaron Bronster is out there constantly, David Martin constantly checking these out of database to see if McGregor's been tested. He hasn't. And by stand, stand, you know, when you're out this long, you do have to undergo six months of testing before coming back. Of course, the UFC can issue an exemption under extraordinary circumstances and keep in mind the ufc kind of defines what those extraordinary circumstances are so if they want him to come back if you thought it wouldn't really be the big, big hurdle but now you add in that plus these allegations mcgregor versus chandler two looking questionable for 2023 all right let me bring you guys in uh and see what you guys want to talk about again talk about mcgregor talk about the new fights talk about the fights this weekend we got a, we got fights tonight friday night we got fights uh ufc on saturday uh, let me bring in, he was here first, Tristan, I'm going to bring you in. What's going on, Tristan? I can hear you, all yes, right. sir. A uh, couple of things real quick. I'll try to be brief with all of everything. Take your time, take your time. Okay, um, as far, listen, as far as Julia Pena and the whole situation, what happened, <laughs> you know, she's playing the game. It's a game. People have to. And people understand this. It's a game. She's taking the Kobe Covington round. It is what it is. I don't even. I don't even bother to listen to it because I'm just like, I understand what you're trying to do. So it is what it is. As far as Jed Mishu, Jed Mishu had said that, as far as the bantamweight division is concerned, to bring back Ronda Rousey, and I, I just, I don't see it because Ronda, like people don't have to understand. And I went back to read certain articles. Back, I think she did an article 2020 or whatever the case may be. It's not only coming, like, to come back to fight and just probably obviously save the bantamweight, women's bantamweight division. 
it's the it's the other stuff that, that she doesn't want anymore. The media, the travel, the selling of sports. She doesn't want to do that. It really affected her when she came back to fight Holly Holm and and I mean not came back, but fought Holly Holm and then fought Amanda Nunes where she did no media. She didn't speak to anybody in that whole situation and um I remember too she was like she wanted to leave as um undisputed um, women's champion with the undefeated record. So once that was gone, that was it for her. She was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. So I understand Jed's point as far as the business standpoint. It makes sense, but I just, I believe she's not, she's not coming back. I think she closed that door. Um, to my other point, as far as Charles Oliveira, great performance against Benny Dariush. Um, the thing about um, Charles Oliveira is that dude is this dude's so good. He's gotten so much better, and he's evolved. And I wanted to express this with Mike, but and I, I want to see the rematch between him and Islam because I think Islam can be beat, but you got to be smart about it. And and I, that's the thing about it. He he has to really sit back with his coaches and figure out what did I do wrong. Because if, if you're saying that wasn't myself or that wasn't the real me in there, then what's going to have to happen is you sit down and figure out. What is Islam's weaknesses that I can expose? Um, both, watch the Volk fight. You know, watch when Islam got knocked out. Watch the Armin Sarukian fight. And figure out, you know, how they were able to become competitive, even though, you know, those two had lost. So I think there's a way to do it. It's just I think he has to be – he has to have control. Oh, Tristan, you're breaking up. Tristan, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you now. Yeah, you were saying he has to have controlled. He has to have controlled something. Controlled aggression. Don't be reckless. Mm. Be smart about it. Because the thing about the thing about Charles that I'm seeing is he likes to put pressure and likes to come forward and put pressure. Is back up Islam to the cage. You could do that because I saw Volk did that a little bit, like you know, push Islam towards the cage, back him up. So. These are things that he has to think about. So, you know, that, that's my whole thing about it, because I think Charles Charles could be, if you be Islam, oh, my God, forget it. He might be the greatest lightweight ever, but we'll see. And then moving to the NBA, Toronto Raptors, we talked about this. Uh, the thing is, I don't, listen, the NBA draft starts June 22nd, free agency right after. Toronto's going to be very interesting. It looks like, from my point, I'm guessing here that, they're looking at Scotty Barnes like, you're going to be the guy we're going to build around you. Okay. Because there's talks about Siakam being traded to go to Portland. We'll see. We'll see what they do with OG and all these things about it. But if Scotty Barnes is your guy, you know, Toronto's got to figure out, we got to build pieces around him. We got to. And then it's also Scotty Barnes' part in the offseason, I have to get better. Just like how Jokic, we just saw what Jokic did, how he got better over the years. So Scotty's got to be like, I got to be better too. Because I think he can. I think he could be a star, but we'll see. All right. Thanks, AK. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, let me let me touch upon – excuse me, guys. <clears throat> let me touch upon some of that stuff quickly. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about Juliana Pena and Nunez. Uh, I've probably said a bunch of stuff on BTL this week. I might have even tweeted about it. Um, I'll just say if, if Pena somehow talks 
uh, Nunez into coming back, then all this nonsense that she has sprouted is worth it. I, I'm just, I'm like you. I find it pretty like dull. I just, it, I will say, but it gets a reaction out of me. It gets, I do think it's dull. I do think it's pointless, but there is a part of it that annoys me. And I'm not a believer like that all news is good news or all reactions are good reactions. But I think at this point, that is what Peña is going for. A lot of people are making the Covington comparison and I, and I totally get it. I think um, without, without sort of the political slant to it, it's, it, she does seem to be doing this very super exaggerated Chelsea esque as well. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm, I'm the best fighter uh, because I'm not a fighter. I'm a warrior. Just kind of weird. Almost like this kind of word salad, promotional word salad and, and good for her. If anyone buys it, I, I, I see a lot of, a lot of people, it's probably a vocal minority. It's probably not the majority. It, it's just, you know, the kind of people who reply to these kinds of things saying like, yeah, like Nunes should have fought her a third time. Like we're, it's unresolved because, you know, Pena finished her in the first fight and, 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 and Nunes couldn't finish her in the second fight. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not, con- I have no interest in seeing a third fight. If it happened, sure. Like I wasn't like against the, uh, I wasn't against the, the, it was originally booked to be a third fight. I wasn't against it. I, I didn't love it. I was preferred the Aldana fight as, as bad as that turned out being. Um, but I'm not I'm dying for it. And I don't think Nunes has to prove anything. So Pena, listen, at least she's keeping herself in the headlines for whenever she fights somebody, whether it be, uh, again, it's not going to be Nunes anytime soon, but, you know, Raquel Pennington or, one half of uh, a presumed uh, vacant women's bantamweight title fight. Uh, Charles Islam too. I, I, listen, I agree. I, I'm a huge Charles guy. People know this. I would love to see him get another shot. I think he. I also think he has the skills to beat Islam, but uh, the, if you couldn't tell from that first fight. Uh, that first fight was all Islam. Islam was just looked fantastic. Again, this is more a credit to him, I think, than a, than to Charles' detriment. Which is why I don't like Charles saying, oh, it wasn't me. I wasn't at my best. Probably true. Probably true. Listen, maybe he wasn't at his best. But I, I don't know if the best version of him beats the best version of Islam. I, I, th- I think Islam Makhachev, again, right now, skill for, skills is best. Now, again, if, if they fought like 10 times, I could see Charles beat, like th- winning three out of those 10 fights. For sure. Sure. So that's why I want to see him run back at least once, right? Because maybe maybe that, that one rematch falls within that, that 30% that I'm, I'm suggesting. But uh, if if they if they fight again and Islam beats him, it would not surprise me. I would probably would not need to see it again. I don't know where Charles would go. He could go up. He could go back down, as he's always saying. He's not done with featherweight, which just seems ridiculous given the weight cutting problems he had there before. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to see it again. And, and listen, neither result will surprise me. I, I think these, when you're number one and number two, and I think Charles has done a pretty good job of separating himself from the pack. Uh, Really, it's 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 a it's not a coin toss, but it's like again, if they fought ten times, Charles maybe wins three out of ten, and that sounds like an insult. But no, when we're talking about Islam, is like this supposed to be this like dominant, dominant guy? Because I would say if he, I would say if Charles fought Khabib, I'd give Khabib like nine out of ten. So Islam's just a notch below that. And again, if Charles catches him on the right night, he can finish anybody. So first fight, all Islam, no question. If I'm Islam, I understand why he is he didn't care to fight Charles again. But now, listen, they both fought once. Both Charles has earned his way to a rematch, I feel. Let's let's see it happen. And, and again, could go the same way. But UFC championship rematches rarely do uh, go the same, that is. And quickly about the Raptors. I'd love to spend the whole time talking about it. But we've got a lot of people requesting. I do want to get you guys in here. Uh, apologies for anyone who wasn't able to hang on. Um, Scotty Barnes, yeah, great young player. Just regressed in some ways last season. Advanced in some ways. 
needs to become more of a scorer. He he loves playmaking. He loves creating for his teammates. That's great. That's what you want in a star. But you also need someone who's going to score. So can he be a number one guy like you can really build around the NBA? Maybe. Maybe. But he does have to up that scoring because there's before there's some comparisons to Giannis as far as his profile, like being a big guy who can with great length, who can handle the ball, who can, you know, do the you know, create for others and but he does not have that score that unstoppable scoring ability of Giannis he doesn't quite have that strength yet but can he put that kind of strength on can he get that kind of coordination can he get that kind of killer instinct I think so but I'll just say the next few years of uh, Raptors basketball are going to be strange and and maybe a little tough to stomach for some people so uh four ounce sniper I'm sorry I lost you if I can get you back later please hop on I know you had to wait a while but I will go to Subum five right now Subum can I get you in here We're connecting. We're connecting. Let's give it a second. Four Corner Sports, I see you as well. I write. To, I try to write down everyone's names, you guys chime in. I apologize to Zolo and King George V as well. I know you guys were trying to get in here. I'm sure you guys have things to do. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Subo, you're in, but you're muted. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just heard that you are a big Salsbury-Villa fan. I just want to ask you some questions. I got you. (laughs) Please. Uh, What do you think? Islam will go against Alexander Volkanovsky or Charles Oliveira? Remain. Oh, Okay, thank you. Thank you for the question. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I, I mean, it should be Charles next. Um, we did a little article on MMAfighting.com, which uh, the champ replied to himself. We, the article was, who's next for Charles Oliveira? It's a bit of a roundtable with my pals, Damon Martin and Jed Mishu. And listen, we write these things to create, obviously, we want to create controversy. Also, 
you know, to present different angles, to present why things might happen. So I chose Charles. I chose to make the argument for Charles, I should say. Damon leaned more towards possibly the Poirier Gaethje winner. And uh, Jed, the wild card, as always, went with uh, Conor McGregor. This was before, of course, <laughs> before the allegations came out. I'm sure Jed would very likely change his answer now because that is almost definitely not happening. I can't imagine a scenario where McGregor skips the line now and somehow fights uh, Charles Oliveira. So that's not going to happen. But either way, Charles himself responded. And I think he gave the best response. One word. Just come on. That, that was it. So, champ, listen. That's a that's a another another first round knockout for the champ telling us to shut this debate up. Some of these people don't belong in this graphic with him. He is the number one contender, uh, and I'm inclined to agree. I would love to see Volkanovski and Makachev again someday. And I'm glad we got it once. I'm glad we got it once. There there was definitely a camp that was like, oh, couldn't we see Islam defend the title a few more times? Because Volk has been a dominant champion. And don't we want to see like two dominant champions go against each other? Plus, there are names for Volkanovski to fight, like we're glad. I think a lot of people are glad that he's finally fighting Yair. Um, I think, uh, you know, Arnold Allen is, I know he just lost, but he's got to be in there somewhere. He's still in the mix. And featherweight, again, like lightweight and bantamweight, there's a lot of young guys that just keep coming up. Like these divisions build up contenders fast. So if Volkanovski wants to stay at 145 and rattle off six, seven, eight championship, uh, championship defenses, he absolutely could. But you know, listen, he had that chance to go for a second title. Everyone wants that champ champ status. He came very close to winning it. Some would argue that he did. Uh, and, and I understand why he's still, you know, he's never really kind of stopped talking about a rematch since, even even ahead of his uh, going back down to 145 to defend that title. Because he, sh- he probably will fight Islam again someday or challenge someone, challenge someone for the lightweight title because he was so competitive in that fight against the guy who, um, you know, like, again, we expect Islam to go on his own dominant run. And it almost ended right there. Uh, so, but I'm I'm definitely leaning towards uh, Weinstein Oliveira too, again as opposed to uh, Volkanovski too. But we probably end up seeing both if if everything makes sense. Uh, let me go to uh, Ogun Ogun Ferali. Let me see if I can get you in here, sir. I'm just putzing around with these buttons here. All right, Ogun, I got you. Hey, what's up with you, man? Uh, I'm an MMA fighter out of Mississippi, and I just want to come up real quick and tell you I appreciate all the things that you do on your page, man. Uh, I have been seeing a lot of the stuff that you guys post, and it has been, you know, been a lot of conversation starters at work for me. You know, it's been giving me a lot of things to look into. So, once again, I just came up to say thank you, brother. Oh, oh good. Hold on. Tell, 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 I probably mispronounced your name. Say your name again. Tell people what amateur pro record get, do a little uh use this chance give yourself a little promotion here uh yes i'm a uh amateur mma fighter my real name is uh jamal jenkins you can look me up on tapology okay um uh my record is uh five and one i have uh four knockouts uh once uh excuse me three knockouts one submission uh one loss i lost by decision uh on that one in january but i just had a kickboxing bout uh this past two weeks Two weeks ago on the 27th and i won that one so uh that was awesome um my facebook if y'all guys want to look me up on facebook is monster jenkins uh my ig is uh jamal jenkins uh five uh you know i got a couple of my fights on my page so if y'all want to check me out check me out on there uh i got merchandise coming soon and i appreciate you man and, and jamal do you know when you're fighting again uh yes i'm trying to fight uh again on july the 8th uh, Island Fights has a uh, 
has uh, something coming up down here in uh, Mississippi, in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I'm trying to be on that card. All right, Jamal. Well, thanks for calling in. Thanks, thanks for the kind words. Uh, really glad to hear it. And uh, congrats on the kickboxing win, and uh, best luck going forward, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Oh, that was nice. There you go. Yeah, listen, people ask all the time, can we get fighters on here? Let's get them. Uh, Four Corner Sports CV. I see you guys, but I got to get Four Ounce Sniper in here. He was, uh, he did have to dip, I think, and now he's back. Four Ounce Sniper. Let me get your... Hey, let me get your Hey, what's going hey, what's on? What's up, AK? Uh, well, I joined in a little bit late. Not sure what happened with Mike, uh, but thank you for stepping in and hosting the show for He's fine. He's fine. It, it's literally just his day off today. And uh, he's got other things. And it's, you know, he would normally chime in with you guys, but it's like a day off where he just can't really spare the time. Uh, he, he has he has a life outside of us, sadly, but okay. he'll be back on. He'll be back. No, I got you. He's fine. No, I just want to say thank you for stepping in. I wasn't sure what happened, but we appreciate you no stepping Everything's in and hosting good. the show. Uh, I just wanted your thoughts on, like, the unfortunate events of uh, Zalga Zumagulov's UFC career because it seems like oh, he keeps getting, I guess a lot of people would say, robbed in decisions, and then opponents keep pulling out. And now he's fighting. He's actually fighting a teammate of mine, uh, Joshua Van. He's a mm-hmm. fighter in Houston, Texas. He's he's pretty good. It's going to be a tough fight for Zalgas, and I'm sad it's going down, but it should be fun. I just wanted your thoughts on, uh, you know, the bad luck of Zalgas Zumagulov. All right, thanks, Ross. Yeah, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little Zalgas. Uh, let me just bring up this. Here we go. Uh, yes, Zalgas Zumagulov. For anyone who wasn't aware was supposed to fight this Saturday in a flyweight bout against Felipe Bunis. Uh, oh, sorry, I say Bunez. Sorry, that was a brutal uh, pronunciation of that name. Um, I just want to get to take a look at Zalgas' recent record here. Because, yeah, we, we got to talk about some of this bad luck he's had. Yeah, sorry. He was supposed to fight Felipe Bunez at, uh, on Saturday, UFC Vegas 75. Uh, apparently, according to Bunis, it was a failed drug test. That has forced him out of the contest and forced uh, Zalgas off this card. Though, luckily for Zalgas, he will be fighting next week, as uh, Foran Sniper just mentioned, against a highly touted flyweight prospect. I think he's only 21 years old, uh, Joshua Van, uh, 9-1. And and I think all his wins by finish. I know I featured him in uh, Miss Fist, I think, once or twice. All I hear is good things about him. So... uh, this is this is a, a a big test for Zagas, frankly, and maybe maybe another turn of bad luck because I think he's I didn't see the odds. I'm assuming he was favored against Bunez, and he might be the underdog against Joshua Van again, given uh, given what I've heard about him. And it's not like a secret. I hear a lot of people talking about this this young man, so it could be more bad luck. But yes, Zagas, this is his third opponent that he's missed out on in his past uh, in the past two months. On May 6th, May 6th fight card, he was to fight Nate Manus. Uh, Manus got injured, and then he was and then uh, Manus was replaced by Rafael Estevam. Estevam botched his weight cut. Uh, sorry, this is UFC 288. Estevam botched his weight cut. He got taken out. So this was so. Luckily, a month later, they were able to get Zagas another fight with Bunis, and now that fight's gone. Three opponents uh, within a month, guys. Pretty rough. And now he has to fight a, a not undefeated but very highly touted prospect in Josh Van. So. It's tough. And then you talk about the split decisions that almost made him retire. I mean, there was rumors that after his uh, loss to Charles Johnson, it was a split call, that Zagos was going to retire. And he's, I think he had one more fight in his contract. So he's like, okay, let's get this one fight. And then, you know, if I win, obviously I'm sticking around. If I lose, you know, then t- TBD, TBD. Maybe he revisits uh, retirement thoughts. But split decisions, Charles Johnson, before that split to Jeff Molina, it's been, it's been tough. He's one in five in the UFC. 
The good news for him, as we said, at least he got rebooked, UFC Jacksonville. Uh, and he's one of the most talked about one in five in the UFC fighters that I've ever seen. I'm sure there's someone back in the day that I'm forgetting. But yeah, he's got this crazy uh, Beatles haircut. It's uh, or Prince Charming. I don't know what you guys want to describe it as. He's having he's loving it. He's got the memes going. He's he was joking that it's because of his hair that his opponents have been pulling out. He said the hair is now two and oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff from Zaga. So if there's any guy who again one in five who can turn his career around with a few wins it's him uh it's just gonna be a tough test but if he beats joshua van then suddenly he can say he's got this this ginchy new haircut that everyone's been talking about for again the last month and a win over again a, a really 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 hyped prospect zaga's gonna be back on track he's only been two and five after that but he could be right back on track and we put this uh put the silly retirement talk aside but uh we'll see with zaga's it has been a very strange run uh, UFC run and one I think if if people when people go back and look at it they'll be like man look what happened to this guy he he before he came to the UFC he had wins over Ali Bagoutinov Tagir Ulanbekov and Tyson Nam those are his three wins before he he got signed by the UFC so huge things are respected and uh, it just hasn't worked out unfortunately so bit of a bummer uh, for corner sports I believe you are next let me bring you in here. Four corner sports. What is going on? Hey, AK. So it sucks for Zalgas because cancellation hasn't been so mm-hmm. far that he has had. I feel like it's been like over three. Yeah, it was th- three in the last month. Yeah, three through his last three that, bookings. It's definitely not healthy for the body that he constantly has to keep on cutting weight and cutting weight and cutting weight. At some point, they just got to just throw oh. some, somebody, you know, maybe like a, a backup fighter whenever he comes up because it's just pretty inconvenient for him and. Well, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're giving him. I mean, they're giving him the first guy up, and unfortunately, the first guy up, it looks like uh, again is a is, is a, a blue chip prospect. So, <laughs> good yeah. luck, Zalgis. Um, I wonder. Also, I know Dana announced yesterday Hol- uh, Max Holloway and the Korean Zombie. Is this something that the Korean Zombie might just call it a quits after this fight? Is this the reason why they're going back to Singapore? Um, another question that I have is, um, what's it called, um, Ronnie Lawrence? So I know that he's. He's buried in the prelims, but I I know he's two and one in the UFC. I know he lost his last fight, but I feel like what's it called? Ronnie Lawrence, like the way that he fights, kind of reminds me of um, the guy from uh, Bellasaur with the blonde hair. Um, I forgot his name. I'm having like a brain fart right now, but not not no, one no, of the no, champions. No, no. The, the guy that, that lost to um, Rafael Stocks. Forgot his name. Off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like what's it called? Ryan Lawrence has a similar fighting style as him. How far of, of, uh-huh. a, of a trajectory that he can go with a win um, on Saturday? I know he's fighting Arguetta on Saturday. And if he wins, he becomes 3-1. and one. And I know Bantamway is very sad. But how what's his ceiling, you think, uh, Ronnie Lawrence? All right. Thanks, AK. Okay. Thanks, War Corner. Yeah, let's talk about uh, TKZ first. Uh, listen, this is a fight both guys wanted. Now, they've both been interested in it for a while. Probably they would have liked it to happen, you know, a few years earlier when uh, TKZ was a little less shop-worn. But we're getting it now, and and for the reasons that you sort of just asked about, um, Four Corners, that uh, this does, you know, it is expected for this to be the swan song of Zombie. He's openly talked about retirement. If they had been able to go to South Korea last year, um, he would have retired. And, you know, they're going to Singapore, so not obviously not the same thing. But, uh, a, you know, at least a bit of an easier travel, maybe, for some of his friends and family. 
my geography is terrible, by the way, guys. If uh, if South Korea and Singapore are like a twenty hour <laughs> a twenty hour flight apart, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure they're not. They're a bit closer. Um, so yeah, this is this is what TKZ wants. I, I I know I was super jazzed about it. I tweeted about it right away. I'm like, yeah, good. Like this, this, this I I would be sad if Max Holloway and uh, Chan Sung Jung never got to fight each other. So again, it's unfortunate it didn't happen in their primes, but that that it is going to you know be on their resumes and we look back in their careers, I think is a nice thing. Yeah, look, uh, people don't want to see it because Zombie's probably going to get squashed, right? As, t- as tough as he was, the chin has deteriorated. Even if he doesn't get squashed, like KO'd, it could be a very uncomfortable like five round, just like smackdown. And I, I don't think people love the idea of that either. Um, especially with someone on their way out. Like we, it's kind of sad to see, right? You, you, you want to see them either go out and win or not go out taking a sustained beating. Cause really the whole point of retirement is to preserve, not the whole point, sorry. One point of retirement is to preserve what's left of your health. So uh, if your last fight's going to be Max Holloway, uh, you know, whatever's left of your health is, is going to get, uh, it's going to take a bit of a dent. Um, but this is, listen, this is a fan friendly matchup. This is why, for me, this is this is sort of the the most simple way to make a match is is do you want to see these two people fight? And I've always wanted to see Max Holloway and Korean Zombie fight. Do you want to see these people fight now? Again, mileage may vary, um, but I'm very happy with the matchup. Holloway is going to be a minus I don't know 500 favorite. I don't, I don't know how much faith people have in Korean Zombie at this point. And if you're Zombie again, this is the way you want to go. You got to fight. You you got to go. You get to go out fighting one of the greatest featherweights of all time, arguably number one. Again, obviously, I'm still going to say Jose Aldo all the way. And he fought Jose Aldo, too. So if you're a zombie, listen, he's a fan of the game, too, man. And he's just going to be like, I, I fought them all. I, and he fought Volkanovski. So he can really say, I fought them all. I fought them all. So fingers crossed, this matchup stays together. Everything's good. Everyone's healthy. Win or lose, TKZ, a legend. Max, a legend for taking this fight. Because Max doesn't have a lot to gain from this fight. If by some chance he gets upset, gets caught by a Korean zombie bomb, just gets put in his ass, it only hurts him, right? It only hurts his career. So he doesn't have a lot to gain, but I think he's a fan like Zombie too, And just, you know, he wants to say he has Zombie on his resume because he's also fought all the greats. I, lo- I love that the, fe- like, listen, the featherweight division, we always kind of wedge it in between lightweight and bantamweight. And we're talking about like the best division in the sport. Featherweight is up is right up there. It has always been right up there. And I love that the best of the best of the best all got to all got to fight each other. You can even throw Connor in there. Connor fought Holloway. Connor fought um, Zombie. Uh, sorry, not Zombie. Excuse me. Connor fought Aldo. Connor fought uh, Dustin Poirier. Right. So the, Featherweight has been pretty much giving us what we want for the longest time. Volkanovski is going to great defending champion. Um, it's it, it's it's been it's been it's been really enjoyable to see. So. I get it. My people might not like this matchup, but uh, say lovey. <laughs> if you're gonna, if TKZ is going to go out, uh, it, at least at least it's with uh, it's with something he wants to do. Something he wants to do. So it might be a little bit sad. Let let me talk about. Uh, if it, but please, if anyone wants to call in, uh, please do. I'm happy to answer questions. Though I do also want to talk about the other two matchups that were announced. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't. Again, I wasn't really on social media a lot last night, so I couldn't get a super gauge on. Uh, where people are as far as the Corey Sandhagen Umar fight and the Cedar Gan Spivak fight, but I'll I'll guess. I'm going to guess here. I'm going to guess. I'm going to uh, kind of argue both sides of these matchups. So I like them both. What a surprise! 
Prince of Positivity enjo- and enjoys these uh, these matchups. Cedil uh, Gon Sergey Spivak. Uh, look, I, I like it because I think uh, listen, Cedil. C- you know, he needs a ranked opponent. Sergey's coming up. Sergey deserves this. Uh, he's really put together a nice run after some early stumbles in the UFC. And man, a win over Cedil Gon, you know, puts him up there in the uh, in the title picture. Again, I don't think he's fighting John Jones anytime soon. Um, I don't know if John Jones is fighting anyone anytime soon, frankly. But um, but at least he gets him towards some sort of towards the title picture whenever that clears up. Whether it's because you know Jones beats uh, Jones fights Stipe and the winner of that moves on to fight someone, or those guys just both retire and this belt is free for Cedil Gon, Sergey Spivak, Sergey Pavlovich, um, Jelson Almeida to compete over uh, Tom Aspinall. It might be better once, you know, John and Steeper are out of the way. But regarding this matchup itself, I actually like it for Cedil because I still think he's just such a great athlete at heavyweight, which is uh, not that Spivak's a bad athlete. Spivak's probably actually slightly above average. But I think Cedil Gon is sort of next level um, as far as his movement, as far as his his agility. And that's going to be huge against a guy like Spivak, where the last thing he wants to be is stationary um, and get taken down. And that is sort of the argument against this fight, right? You have a lot of people who are like, why in the world, after what we just saw with John Jones, after we saw Cedil get uh, lose the decision because of wrestling to Francis Ngannou, why in the world are we putting him in there with another, a person who's another grappler? Um, and, I, and I totally understand it. Because, yeah, listen, if this does become a grappling fight, huge advantage to be back. Huge advantage. Uh, but I say, and, and but I think Cedil needs to answer these questions. I don't think Cedil views himself as like, oh well, I'm you know I was happy winning the interim title. Um, I'm okay if I never fight for the title again. I this is a guy who I'm pretty sure st- sees himself, you know, still as a guy who can be the UFC heavyweight champion, especially with again John Jones possibly retiring, Stipe Miocic possibly retiring, um, Francis Ngannou in the PFL. If you're Cedil gone, you're like. All I gotta do is shore up this grappling and prove I can beat grapplers, and 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 I I could you know string together two like a couple of heavyweight win the heavyweight title, string together a couple of title uh, title fights. He can't shy away from these matchups. Eventually, he's probably gonna have to fight a Curtis Blades, and how's that gonna go for him? Right, we're just gonna see Curtis Blades blast double him right from the start. So he has to take on these challenges. Spivak is a great grappler, but I don't put him in that realm of heavyweights that can just take anyone down at will. And that's something that I think Seattle's team has has taken into account here um, as for why they accepted this matchup. So I understand people not being not loving it, but it's Seattle, it's Paris. Uh, it's uh, you got You got to give the people what they want. Uh, the Paris people, that is. Corey Sanhagen and Umar Nurmagomedov is a more is definitely interesting. Uh, Corey has no fear. Corey Sanhagen does not care about... He is not a squatter. You know, we criticize squatters a lot in other divisions. Lightweight, welterweight, especially. Sort of, sort of uh, older veteran guys who don't want to... Who don't want to risk losing their spot. So you, you kind of hear a lot of people calling them out, but you don't hear a lot about the fights actually being made. Uh, Corey's not old, by the way. I'm not calling him an old veteran. But he's, he's certainly a UFC veteran by this point. He's been in enough big fights. He's fought for an interim title. Um, he's fought, again, pretty much everybody. All the big names. And if he wants to get to a title shot again, um, he has to beat a top competitor. And Umar is right up there. I think Umar, personally, I would pick him to beat anybody in the world at 135. I actually would favor him in a fight with Aljo. I think he's that good. I think he's that complete. And I'll favor him in this fight with Corey Sanhagen, too. But listen, this is why they fight the fights. And this is why the media 
we're wrong on these predictions a lot. So I'm I'm on I'm I'm riding the Umar train all the way. But if you're Corey Sanhagen, listen, you're aware you're hearing all this stuff. You're hearing all these people counting you out. Um, you're hearing all these people saying that you know you don't. Oh, you know, he's never going to fight for a title fight again. He's he's he he got his shot, but he's lost. He got dominated by Aljo when they fought. Um, you know before before Aljo won the title, just completely got ran through. You know Corey Sanhagen's a top five guy, but not number one guy. You know, you're Corey. You can't you can't listen to that talk. And you probably see Umar as a winnable fight now. You're probably doing one of those. Let me get this version of Umar now before Umar gets even better. Um, though again, personally, I think Umar is pretty close to his prime already, if not in it. So uh that strategy might not work, but again, you, you can't be afraid. And for Umar, what an opportunity. Again, Corey Sanhagen, top five guy, very, very tough fight. For almost every, every, other than that one loss to Aljo, Corey Sanhagen has been a problem for everybody. Win or lose, he has been a problem for everybody. That fight with Piotr Jan was friggin' awesome. Sanhagen was doing really well early on before Piotr, you know, turned on the uh, turned on the robotics, turned on the analytics, and just downloaded him and and went on to uh, to win a comfortable decision. Uh, so it's a big test for Umar. Um, he's again, he's a great fighter, but who are his best wins so far? Let's take, take a quick look. He's fought. Sergey Morozov, super tough guy. I like actually like that win a lot. Brian Kelleher, Howie Bosellos, good fighters, good fighters, but guys who are in maybe you know the twenty top twenty twenty five range. This is going from them and Morozov to a top five guy. And if you've seen Umar, you're probably not worried for him, but it's a leap. It's a legitimate leap. Now the other thing to go with this is if he beats Corey. I mean, does Umar Nurmagomedov just launch himself into a title shot? Because I'm not sure what more he has to do at that point. He would be 17 and 0, 5 and 0 in the UFC, and yeah, you could you could quibble over. Well, can he go 6 and 0, 7 and 0, get a couple more wins first? At some point, you got to just pull the trigger, and you know maybe he has to fight Marab. I don't know, but Marab is booked, if I'm not mistaken, right? Marab. Oh no, Marab just beat Piotr Jan, right? And Marab was. Uh, calling out some other names to sort of act as uh, whether intentionally or not as Al Joe's bodyguard. So, all right, CB, I've been rambling long enough. I will get you in here. Thanks for coming back. Sorry I couldn't get you in before. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. CV, are you there? Oh, no, AK, I'm here. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. I apologize. For it's all good. Time. I had to jump out real quick because I had to answer another call. But um, yeah, just two quick questions for me, man. Um, I'm not sure if if it's been covered before from the previous callers, but um, um, I'm I'm assuming Max is gonna win against Korean Zombie, and I'm gonna assume his next fight is gonna be at 155. Um, do you think it'd be reasonable to have him face the winner or loser of the the BMF title between Poria and Gaethje, their second fight. And uh, second question, uh, I need your thoughts on our new 
our new head coach, man, Darko. Is he going to be our savior? Thanks. Oh, uh, CV, one second. Did you say uh, Holloway versus BMF loser? Uh, winner or loser. I, 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 think, I think it would make sense personally, but uh, I just need your thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, CV. All right, guys, let me let me stew on that for a second. I actually also am covering something on the side here. Uh, like I said, we run our summer hours now. So but I uh, got some people on vacation. So, you know, a little more little more responsibility for your boy, AK. Uh, let's see, just get that there. OK, uh, yes, let's answer these questions. And by the way, I'm sorry, I forgot to talk about Ronnie Lawrence before. I will get to that. I will circle back to that. Let me uh, let me address first Holloway versus BMF winner, loser. I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect. Now, obviously, I think it, I would rather see him and Gaethje, right? Holloway Gaethje is a dream matchup. It's brought up on on to the next one all the time. I was just saying, wouldn't it be a shame if we didn't see Zombie versus Holloway at some point? It would be an incredible shame if we never saw Holloway versus Justin Gaethje at 155. I can't even imagine it. I, I, listen, I love watching Max Holloway fight uh, Justin Poirier. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen it twice now, I believe. Right? We saw 155. We saw it at featherweight, and both fights were uh, were fantastic. Um, the first fight, obviously, a little more definitive for Dustin Poirier um, as far as uh, getting a finish. The second fight, also a convincing win, but at least it went the distance. And man, what a great fight that was! It's just it's a fight that just isn't talked about as much because it was on the same card. Uh, this was the um, that's right. It was after uh, the Gas uh, Adesanya Gaslam War. So people forget what an awesome fight Poirier Holloway was. It was it was really really good and a great performance by Poirier. So I don't know if we want if we're gonna see that again. Again, if you got it, who's gonna complain? Who's gonna complain about more Poirier and Holloway? Five more rounds of Poirier Holloway. Hello, and it has to be five rounds by the way. I don't care if it's a co-main event and if it's uh, if they say it's not for the BMF title or it's just a, you know because we don't really defend it that way. Uh, just please, guys, agree to a five round fight for the fans. Not great for your health. I mean, for us, I say it all the time. You got to give the people what they want. So, yeah, I'm totally down with that. And, again, I, I prefer Gaethje. I prefer Gaethje, win or lose. Um, I'd love to see him in a Holloway fight. But uh, if Holloway really wants that BMF title, especially, again, if I don't know if BMF title holders are getting, like, you know, the same money that UFC title holders are. If they are, then you definitely would love to have that gold around your waist, or gold or silver, whatever color it is, platinum. Uh, so... I can see him wanting to face the winner, but I would rather get you winnerless. Uh, if I got to talk about the Raptors head coach, Darko Rakojevic. Let me make sure I'm saying I'm uh, saying that right. Oh, sorry. Darko Rajakovic. Darko Rajakovic. I, I apologize. Darko Rajakovic. It's a silent J. Uh, I had to learn that for the first time when I saw him do the press conference with Masai the other day over the uh, this past Wednesday, it was. Uh, I don't know a lot about him. I've read about as much as I can. I know he's coached overseas. I know he was a coach in the G League. I know, of course, he was just an assistant with Memphis, and they did a lot of great things in Memphis. That team has been on the come up over the past few years and, frankly, would have been a contender this year were it not for John Morant going full John Wick on people. I don't know what the hell that deal is. Uh, so, uh, and that, so I don't know a lot about him, and I can understand the trepidation among Toronto sports fans, why didn't they go after one of the veteran names that was floating out there? <clears throat> you know, Monty Williams went to Detroit for an exorbitant fee, so I'm glad we didn't do that. But like, you know, why didn't they, did they were they even in talks to go for a Monty Williams? What about uh, what about a Doc Rivers? Guy's got a one won an NBA title. You know, he's had a lot of playoff failings, but he's won an NBA title. Why did why didn't they hire internally? You know, Adrian Griffin, assistant coach, he went to Milwaukee. Was he not in talks to? And, and the players really like him. 
was he not in talks to become Raptors head coach? So I haven't, I don't know. I, I don't really have my finger on the pulse of this one, I, but I imagine there's a lot of skepticism. But I'm someone who is, I love to see fresh voices. I, I hate the coaching carousel. I hate the sh- the shuffling of the deck chairs. I don't understand why coaches can get fired by a team for like a, an ugly playoff failure and then immediately get hired by a new team six weeks later. It just, it, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, and I'm happy again for guys like Monty Williams like that who find jobs right away. I'm not hating on them. It's just, I feel like you need, we just benefit from fresh voices. And here's a, before I move on for this, here's a little thing for you. Try and name the last team that won an NBA title after hiring by bringing in a big name coach. The last one I can remember is maybe Frank Vogel with the Lakers, the bubble championship. And I wouldn't necessarily call Frank Vogel a big name coach, though he did very well with Indiana. So if you want to set count that, I'll say that. But that's like one exception. Other than that, it's a lot. Of, it's always Taran Lu with like half a season with the Cavaliers, one NBA title. It's a lot of fresh new voices. And I think that's what teams need. So listen, this, this uh, Ryakovich signing could be a disaster could be what this team needs, again, to sort of settle them and, and send them in the right direction over the next few years. I'm optimistic. I thought he came off nicely during the press conference. Very, very bright, cheery attitude. I'm the Prince of Positivity. I always want to see that. So, uh, Darko, I am, I am rooting for you, sir, not just for my sake, but for the for the good people of, uh, of Toronto who have suffered in other sports enough. And, yeah, sorry, uh, someone was asking about Ronnie Lawrence before. It's a shame Mike's not here because Mike is a big Ronnie Lawrence guy, um, he's, 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 tout- he touted him, uh, to me before he came into the UFC and, uh, listen, he's only, uh, he's two and one so far. I'm looking at his record, Vince Cachero, Mana Martinez and, uh, Sa Jacob Kakramanov, uh, no shame in, in losing to, uh, to Kakramanov. I know he's outside of, uh, the UFC now, but he probably shouldn't have been released. We're not entirely sure what happened there. Why, um, Sa Jacob was, uh, released, because he only lost the one fight to Saeed Nurmagomedov. He lost the but I'll say this. He lost to Saeed Nurmagomedov. What's up, JD Felt? Hang in there. I will get to you. Uh, Saeed Jacob lost the battle to, uh, of Saeed to Saeed Nurmagomedov. And maybe they thought there's only room for one Saeed in this town. And uh, it is not Saeed Jacob, unfortunately. So, But yeah, I agree. Ronnie Lawrence, huge upside. Anytime you have that kind of uh, grappling ability. And also... Um, it, it's such a cliche, but like that kind of aggressive style, I feel like you have to have that at bantamweight. It's such a speedy, it's such a speedy division where like if you don't beat people to the punch, like it's it goes down the hill for you really fast. And I think that might have been what happened with him in the Kakramana fight, you know, just whatever. And, and again, I think Kakramanov's good, but Argueta, good matchup. Um, uh, I'm glad Dan Argueta is coming back down. I think to 135. So I actually think highly of him, too. So I, I will say this might not be like a showcase fight for Ronnie Lawrence, but it will be in the sense that if he overcomes a tough opponent in Argueta, then we can really start saying, OK, maybe he bumps up slightly to the next tier of bantamweights. You know, if he's in tier four right now, maybe he bumps up to tier three. And by next year, we're talking tier two, tier one. But yeah, Ronnie Lawrence for sure is one to watch again. Mike has been um, touting him for a while. JD, please let me get you in here. What is up, JD? You're good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'll leave, I'll leave a warning to you as well. I'm doing fantastic. So sorry for just now getting in. Has anybody asked you about your opinion on the Jeff Neal, Ian Gary fight? I didn't even know if that's been reported on MMA fighting. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, break any commandments on 
bringing something up that's not official. It is. Not, I'm not official. It is, but it is. Yeah, officially reported as yes by MMA fight. Okay, cool. Excellent, excellent. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that if no one has asked. And my backup question, in case someone did ask, what is your favorite meal you've ever had? And a lee of a rest of your day to you, good sir. You're excellent. Uh, a lee of a weekend to you, JD. All right, bye, bud. Yeah. Yeah, it's really catching on. Uh, no, no one asked about Neil Machado Gary yet, and uh, yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. I think it's the right next step. Uh, I see some people. I think based on the UFC rankings, Neil is like number eight. Machado Gary jumped into number thirteen after beating uh, Dan Rodriguez. In our rankings, Machado Gary unranked. I don't even think he's received votes, but he's right in the cusp. He's right in the cusp. He might have received votes in another month, but oddly not after beating Dan Rodriguez. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will just say Gary now, by the way, for the sake of brevity. But of course, I do respect the uh, Machado Gary name. Uh, I think it's great that he um, he's doing that, uh, sharing this sort of his name, his wife's name uh, for the, you know, just make things easier for their for their child. So uh, but I will just say Gary just for brevity. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the matchup a lot. I don't think it's too big of a leap up. Neil is number, I want to say, 11 or 13 in our rankings. Again, this includes non-UFC people. So, of course, everyone's usually is, is going to be a little bit lower. Um, so, but it also, it's more illustrious when you make the top 15 of the, uh, MA fighting global rankings. Neil's number 11, Neil's number 11. So he's up there. Um, very, very tough test, very tough test, but this is the right way to go. This is, he, he has, uh, speaking about Gary, he has passed every test really well and also faced adversity. He hasn't blown through all these opponents. There were there was moments in some of these fights where he was definitely getting, either getting hurt or um, wasn't quite asserting himself as much as people had hoped. Uh, I, I think those two, like I think Darian Weeks is super tough, so I'm not taking anything away there. I think people thought he might have been able to finish, you know, Gabe Green, but it, they felt he quote unquote fought safe. And listen, when you're in the UFC, you're just trying to rack up wins. I don't criticize him for that at all. And then he got a finish against Kanan Song. A very tough fight. Or Song Kanan, I should say. A very, very tough fight. Uh, I see you guys. I see a couple of requests. I'll get you guys in soon. And then Dal Rodriguez finished him in the first round. And like nobody knocks out Dal Rodriguez. So that was impressive. No, this is the right way to go. Um, I saw some people say, I think, Neil Magny. But uh, Jeff Neal, as I mentioned, just like with the Saeed thing, Jeff Neal, remember, lost to Neil Magny. He is the lesser of two Neals. Sorry, Jeff Neal. It's just the truth. He's the lesser of two Neals. And I think for developing Gary, you give him the lesser of the two Neils for now. I think Magny's a little bit of a tougher uh, stylistic matchup for him. And we could see that down the road, but uh, Jeff Neal's the way to go. Love this matchmaking. Love how they're handling his career. Uh, if he loses, I don't think it sets Gary back that much. I think people know how good Jeff Neal is. So uh, let me go. Oh, I, I will answer the other question as well. Sorry, guys. I don't want to leave any stone unturned here. Very quickly, my favorite meal. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm very basic. I'm not a foodie. I love uh, fried chicken of all kinds. And my favorite is Taiwanese fried chicken from Hot Star. It is a franchise in, I don't think it's only in Toronto, but we have a couple of locations in Toronto. If you have a Hot Star in your area, uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It is just very delicious. A big, a big chunk of, just a big chunk of chicken to bite into. It's a little sweet. You can get it spicy. I'm not a spicy guy. You can get it spicy. But uh, yeah, Hot Star fried chicken. Muy delicioso. Uh, makes me very happy. Uh, I'll go to... Black Belt MMA first here. Henderson, I see you. Black Belt MMA, let me get you in here. Uh, 
All right, Black Belt, hope we can get connection. I see you. Just got to turn your mic on. Black Belt, you're on. Hey, Black Belt, what's going on? Oh, I'm just getting static. I'm just getting static. I'm going to give you five. Oh, okay. No worries. We lost you. Henderson, your time is now <laughs> at Hendo Slice. Let's, let's go. <laughs> All right, Henderson, you are on. Hey, AK, great to uh, get on one of your episodes. I'm a big fan of your work, and I love Mike's show, so this is a nice combination, you know? Uh, uh, I just want to – I always call in and ask Mike, like, my crazy proposals for different things in MMA that I want to change, right? So I wanted to get your take on one, and this one's kind of out there, but I think – I think there's potential. So here's my proposal. I think that we need to just make all MMA fighters or some promotion should do this probably like PFL or Bellator or whatever, just make all the MMA fighters wear shirts while they fight. I like, I know it's always been a thing that men fight shirtless, but that's kind of bizarre. And more importantly, well, everyone should just be able to have sponsors, different like gear. Imagine all the different outfits and all the different um, fighters, how they would come out. It would be a huge conversation every time. Like, what's the shirt going to look like? Like they could wear like a, a rash guard like they do in jujitsu, you know, um, it's tons of space for sponsorships. And especially in these other promotions, like bellator pfl that need something different need to make their fighters like actually have some personality and also the fighters are allowed to sell ads so uh i think we could have seen some great stuff in the ufc imagine like what tito's gear would have looked like or what liddell's gear would have looked like if they could design more than just their shorts so anyway just wanted to hear what you thought about that and uh and it's down yeah 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 so you the shirt thing, okay, so that was just a sp for sponsor. I was confused where you were going with this at first. You just, the shirt thing is a sponsor thing. You, that's why you wanted everyone to wear Yeah, it. it's not about, like, modesty or anything. I don't care about that. <laughs> it's, it's more just, like, especially also, we've seen with the women, like, they wear a lot of them wear, like, sports. Mm -hmm. Oh, Henson, we lost you problem have people wear something it's not going to help with submissions like i've heard that argument where like a gi helps with certain submissions right but that's not what this would really do it's more just getting the fighters to look different i mean every single fighter out there looks pretty much the same or has atrocious tattoos so we don't need that either uh, yes, covering up those would go a long way. I feel like to making the uh, the, pro the product more enjoyable. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll comment on this. Anything else to add about the uh, shirts sponsorship? No, that's that's pretty much it. I also just wanted to say if Ian Gary wins, and if Wonder Boy wins, I would love to see that fight. And I think that the winner of that fight could get a title shot against Leon Edwards, just because that's the kind of fight that Leon Edwards might want. Oh, wow. Calling it. Calling is shot. All right. And I've, I've made a note here. I've made a note. Uh, you're calling your shot. We'll get a huge, you'll get a huge uh, onto the next one point. If I hey, I'll save it in my bank. Thanks AK and have a great show. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yes. Uh, I like the, listen, I'm all for uh, fighters having more apparel options. I don't think the UFC would ever, and most motions really, um, 
want to do that. I, I think I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. I think they think that shirts look amateurish. Um, you, uh, I mean, you do, I, cause I think you see this in the I M M A F. I'm pretty sure the amateur um, tournaments, international um, amateur tournaments that they wear shirts and shorts. I'm pretty sure everyone, everyone does. They wear uh, red and I wear they like, one of them wears all red. One of them wears, wears all blue. And I think for the purposes of those tournaments, it's good just for like, uh, it just feels more organized and it feels more like, you know, blue, blue side, red side. You don't know, you know, these aren't, they're not trying to build stars in the IMMAF, right? They're just, uh, they're just trying to give people, uh, uh, fighters opportunities to get experience, get high level experience, fight amateur. Um, so, you know, wearing just kind of plain all red or all blue here kind of makes sense. But when you get to the, to, to the, you know, professional MMA, I think so much of the appeal is sort of getting to admire the fighters' physiques. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking for myself here. Um, and, and, and obviously, listen, you're wearing, if, you're, if they've got gear that could still accentuate that, um, anyone who's watched, you know, combat jujitsu, people wear full on, you know, full body gear, and you can still tell these people are in great shape. But um, I think if you ask like Dana White, it's like, it would be like, why do we want to, we want to cover up our, our athletes as, as, as little as possible. Because I think that has long been sort of the mantra not mantra, but sort of the thinking in pro sports is uh, the more identifiable your your athletes are, the better it is for your sport. Um, the one exception would maybe be obviously the NFL, which is like one of the biggest sports in the world. But they, you know, just based on body type, it's sort of easier on the field to tell, you know, who's who. I think I think hockey suffers from this a lot. I think one thing the NHL suffers from a lot is people got you know full on helmets, huge chunky gear. And for a casual like myself, I'm watching a hockey game. I don't know who's who. I don't know what the F is going on. Um, NBA is great at this. This is why NBA has always promoted its individual stars so much. It's because it's guys in a, in a tank top and shorts. And they're um, – it's got tank top and shorts. And other than that, they're very identifiable. You see everything they're doing. So I think the UFC would always want to emphasize that. It's true. Like a shirt's not going to cover the people's faces. Um, and it would be nice if they had so much more freedom – uh, with with sponsors we say this all the time just like more individuality just think of some of the most again iconic looks you know anderson silva's uh anderson silva's yellow shorts um pg pan had very distinct shorts it's it's just so like it just hurts the i always feel like it, it hurts the game so much when you don't have um when you don't let your fighters do this but if you're the ufc I'm sure they see the, their uniform policy as a resounding success over the past few years. People make fun of them. They made fun of Reebok, make fun of Venom, whatever, whatever. They make fun all they want. The deals have led to a lot of money for the UFC and also led to avoiding weird problems. Like that one time uh, Cody McKenzie came in wearing shorts with a tag on it. You know, um, I think that was during the spawn, like this new era, but still like, oh, I, sorry. More, more importantly would have been, sorry, uh, avoiding the um, Hallman, Dennis Hallman uh, Speedo. That that did not go over well. That's something that uh, the UFC is glad they didn't see again, and probably most fans too. It's probably worked out that way. So, Anderson, I'm with you. I, I really am. I I would love it if um, I would love it if we could just have a little more fun and more creativity with what the fighters are allowed to do. I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially since again, if if it was a shirt that they were allowed to wear, it would just be a Venom. It would just be a Venom brand shirt, and Venom would be super excited about it because they're like, "Oh, cool! Here's another here's another piece of gear we can we can uh, we can sell." And now we're getting free advertising for it every time guys step into the cage. So, um, and I'm sure I'm sure uh, I'm sure uh, fighters will attest to also like it's probably just a bit easier to fight without uh, without a shirt on. It's probably like the less 
less restrictive. It probably gets super hot in some of that gear. I'm, I know you can you can design. Uh, I know you can design. Um, you know, I'm sure you can design a certain way so that it breathes a bit better. But uh, why go through all that trouble when you know you can just keep things the way they are if it ain't broke don't break it i guess right as they say so uh all right listen guys i don't see anyone else chiming in and i do see something uh website related that s- requires somewhat urgent attention so i better <laughs> i better address that soon but uh thank you guys thank you everyone who called in mike i see you listening mike heck will be back as usual next Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, so it will be a heck of a morning once again. But uh, guys, thank you. Thank you for... Sh- oh, hold on. Black Belt MMA, I'm giving you a chance. I'm giving you a chance to chime in. I know we kind of got cut off before. Black Belt, you're on. Hi. Hey. Um, how are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Uh, I have two questions. Go ahead. Uh, do you think uh, Charles Oliveira uh, is the great of the all all the time? But uh, mm-hmm. but if you if you don't do, if you don't do if you don't think that, uh, do you consider it after he will uh, defeat uh, Islam Makhachev? This is the first question. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the second one, Arkamza uh, Chimaev can defeat uh, uh, Marvin Vittori. In your in your in your in your, in your opinion. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll answer uh, both those thank questions. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Black Belt. All right, guys. That'll probably be the last two questions for the day. Both good ones. Uh, Charles probably isn't the greatest of all time. Again, listen, we just saw him lose to Islam. Uh, he has a better resume. He has a better resume. If we're just, if you literally were just stacking up resumes now, and said who has had a better career, Charles all the way. It's not close. If you're talking about who's the better fighter. Again, I've said if they fight, I said Islam probably wins seven out of ten times. Just skill for skill, just projecting. I think Islam's better. So if you, you know, I imagine you have to add a lot of that to uh, to the equation as you should. We just saw head to head. So I'm going. Uh, he can't be the greatest. Yeah. Uh, if he beats Islam, then we're having a conversation. Still very difficult to put him over Habib. There's a lot of holes in Habib's resume. Don't get me wrong. Um, he didn't like fight the best of the best of the best really until near the end, right? Until during his title run. But his performances are so definitive and it's so easy to project how Khabib would do against, um, you know, a lot of the big names he didn't fight. Again, uh, Charles, Charles. Like I keep saying, I've said for a long time, I would love Charles to fight him. I think Charles can beat him. I'm re- I'm bl- definitely blowing some smoke. Like I, I don't know if, if the time came, if I could, I'd make the prediction. I just don't know if I'd believe it. So uh, it, it's I, it's just hard to, to unseat uh, Habib, and he left at the right time. He left at the right time. We we say that so much. Like if Habib had hung around for fifteen more fights, and you know, sort of BJ panning it near the end, and just losing to younger, you know, uh, less shop worn competition, how would we view Habib? We'll never know, and we never have to know because he did the smart thing and he went out uh, on his own terms. So. You can you can put Habib number one. Uh, you can say he's benefiting again from career, just good career management, and that's to his credit. That's to his credit. You've got to know when to walk away. Uh, if Charles beats Islam, is there any path for him to become the greatest ever? 
Uh, certainly, certainly. I'm sure he would have, again, he'd have, but he'd have to rattle off two, three, four, five, six, seven. He'd have to go on like a GSP, Anderson Silva-esque run. And he's already pretty late in his career, so I doubt it. But I'd be willing to entertain this, again, if he, let's say he fights, you know, he let's say he beats Islam, fights like Armand Sarukian, beats him, uh, name another, you know, up-and-coming lightweight, beats him, and then um, fights Islam again, beats him. Let's say he wins a trilogy with Islam. Then we're then we're talking. Okay, is he not only again the, the better the better you know stronger resume than Islam and maybe Khabib? Is he the best ever? It's still it's still hard to beat what Khabib did, even if the scenario I just suggested played out. But I'm a big Charles Oliveira fan. I'd certainly be willing to make the argument for it. So uh, and and Hamzat Shemaev could he beat Marvin Vittori? Yeah, of course he could. I'm um, talking about being on trains. I'm a big Hamzat guy. I think he's on my pound for pound list. I think I'll have him around somewhere 17, 18, 19, something like that. Uh, I know it's weird because he kind of fumbled his last weight cut. But uh, I, when you watch Kamzat fight, boy, how can you not just see him just trucking through everybody? People always point to the Gilbert Burns fight. Gilbert Burns is really good. That tells you how good Gilbert Burns is, not how, like, if Kamzat has any weaknesses. Um, Vittori, solid fighter, but I don't, he's just not dynamic. He's not dynamic like Hamzat is. And I don't think he could stop Hamzat from taking him down. He's a good wrestler. I don't think he can stop Hamzat from taking him down. So can Hamzat beat Vittori? Yeah. Could Hamzat beat Kananir? Yeah. Could Hamzat beat Israel Adesanya? I'm just saying there's a chance. All right, guys. Uh, I do have to, I do have to wrap here. I probably said on a little too long. Thank you. I apologize to the guys who are waiting and want to and jump in or jump in again. I see you, Subo. But uh, again, Michael will be back Tuesday. Please feel free to fire your questions off at him. Uh, it has been a Lee of a morning as always. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.